Did you know that you glow? This is Rabbi Yitzchak Price with another episode of Tachlis Talks, growth-oriented, partial-related Torah podcast. We're up to the Torah portion of Vayakhel. Vayakhel starts with the gathering. Moshe is assembling the children of Israel to teach them, starting specifically with Shabbos, and then moving on in great detail to the construction of the tabernacle, the Mishkan, and all related to that. The bridge between Vayakhel, where again he's gathering them to teach them about Shabbos, and the end of last week's portion, where we were introduced to the fact that Moshe is radiating some type of a light. There's an aura emanating from Moshe, uh, Koran Orpanav, which Michelangelo, in making the famous Moses statue, depicts as two either rays emanating from his head or two horns. It certainly got confused by all of our uh, anti-Semitic friends as to Jews having horns, but Quran related to the word Karen would be that which emanates from the head, but clear from the text and the, the way the Jewish people react to him. There's some type of a glow of light that is overwhelming that Moshe has to then cover over with a, a mask of sorts so as not to make it too difficult for the Jews to be gazing at him. The bridge between these two elements, the radiance of Moshe and Shabbos, is noted in the opening commentary of the Baal HaTurim. Baal HaTurim, a very significant, fairly early commentator to Torah. And when you hear his comment, you may think, oh, he's quoting from wild sources or wild ideas. This is Baal HaTurim, the author of the Tor Shulchan Aruch, the precursor to the primary code of Jewish law. One of the most significant authorities in our chain of transmission of Torah law and uh, with major impact on, on Torah law and Torah thinking. And the Baal HaTurim says the following. He says, Moshe, there was a light emanating from Moshe, an aura emanating from Moshe. We all have that every Shabbos. Whoa. Now, I don't know about you, uh, looking in the mirror, Shabbos morning, if you're adjusting the tie, taking a quick look as you run out the door to the synagogue, I personally have not noticed any aura. Uh, now, maybe you have out there in Tachos Talks lands. We have some very, very uh, spiritual people. I haven't noticed it. But the Baal HaTurim himself may be already responding to our challenge that, whoa, I, I don't see it there. In the fact that, and this actually I have to thank um, uh, the Art Scroll Publishing of the Baal HaTurim. I was studying with somebody this week, and I have the, um, the classic Hebrew Mikroskodolos text that has the Baal HaTurim. This individual was using the Art Scroll Baal HaTurim, and he said there was a footnote that made uh, the connection with the fact that the Baal HaTurim does not simply connect us to the end of last week's portion, where it mentions the aura, but rather to a verse a little bit earlier than that, that tells us that there was an aura, but Moshe didn't know it. He couldn't detect that he was emanating this light. And the connection, they suggest, is that the Baal Turm is already saying, well, if you didn't notice it, Moshe didn't notice it either. Now, you may still challenge, Moshe didn't notice it, but everybody else did. And when I walked into the synagogue last week, I walked in there, nobody seemed to notice that I was emanating light. Well, that itself should not concern you. We may simply not have the tools with which to perceive the light that emanates from the rest of 
the Jewish people that radiate this light on Shabbos. So we're not spiritually adept enough to perceive that. So again, not something which is easy for us to grasp or what this means exactly, but what the Baal of Turim is describing is that somehow we are transformed on Shabbos. And if we better understand the idea of the Quran or Panav, the radiance of Moshe, maybe we can better understand what it means that we are somehow transformed on Shabbos, and then maybe we can get an idea as to what to do about that. The light emanating from Moshe. Commentaries explain that one of the following several tracks. One is that when we as a nation declare it at Sinai, Nasevanishma, we are on board, we want the Torah, we're ready, we were all crowned with some type of spiritual crowning. Now, then unfortunately, we failed with the sin of the golden calf and we lost those spiritual crowns. Moshe, we are told, absorbed all of them. I believe this is the approach of Tosos in his commentaries to the Gemara in Shabbos. And we had Nasev and Ishma crowns. We lost the Nasev and Ishma crowns. Moshe got the cumulative effect of all of that. And that's one of the reasons why it was so overwhelming for us to look at Moshe, because it's very hard to look at your own failed potential. That's one. Number two, Moshe asks God to have the capacity to better perceive him, to have a greater understanding of God, and God acquiesces to a degree. And in the, end of, in the middle of last week's parsha, God has Moshe in the cleft of rock, and God is passing by, and there's some idea that through that interaction, Moshe is elevated. His physical body has a level of proximity to God, of connectivity with God that leaves him with this aura. Third approach, when Moshe finishes writing the Torah, he has a little bit of ink left on that quill, and ink touches finger, finger touches forehead, and he now radiates light. Now, the last time I had my finger touch ink and ink touch forehead, I needed to do the good scrubbing. But this is no simple ink. Moshe, with his spirituality, writing that first Torah ever, that spirituality, and the extra ink commentaries tell us because Moshe had skimped on one letter. The beginning of the book by Yikra, uh, Moshe wanted to avoid it being clear that God was calling out to him directly. Vayikra to Moshe, so rather he wanted it to say Vayikar, that God just chanced upon Moshe. He wanted to hide, hide that Aleph that indicates Vayikra, that God was purposely calling Moshe because of his greatness, his humility. He wanted that to read just as Vayikar. It was a coincidence God just happened to come across him. God did not let Moshe eliminate the letter, but he let him reduce the letter. Very ironically, in reducing the letter, he ends up with more ink, ends up with more ink, touches that to his face, ends up with a spiritual glow that helps us recognize the greatness of Moshe. The common thread between all of these is that the aura relates to elements of Moshe's unique spiritual caliber related to connectivity with God and Torah. And if we have a trace of this on Shabbos, if there's some element that we are in an enhanced place, we are given a booster of some type on Shabbos, that booster is in our connectivity with God and capacity to connect with Torah. So it would behoove us to try to utilize Shabbos to take advantage of that. We're in a space, we're in a place, we're in an elevated relationship with God. We're in a place of greater connectivity with Torah. That means we have capacity 
to take that a step further. And practically, we all have the capacity to move up a rung, go up, going up that spiritual climb in some capacity relative to where we currently are. We have people out there in Tahoe's Talk lands who have been doing Shabbos for years or decades or their whole life. And we have others for whom each week it's a question, am I going to do anything to acknowledge that it's not just Friday night and Saturday? But wherever you're at, I bet there is something you can do to move up a notch and make your Shabbos a day of greater radiance. Whether it's, okay, you know, Friday night, in the past we haven't done much, but let's at least have the family gather around the light candles before sunset, because we're not going to do something contraindicated on Shabbos by igniting the flame on Shabbos for the sake of Shabbos. So we're going to start off that when Shabbos starts, we've got candles burning. Some sense that the Friday night supper is actually a nice dinner. You ready doing that? Terrific. Move it up a notch. Can you bring to that dinner some Torah discussion? Reach out to me. Happy to guide you towards some great meaningful material, depending on who's in your current family dynamic or social circle. Can we, we do that already? Can we ratchet up a notch and find some way to do something on Saturday that makes Saturday into Shabbat? Already doing that? Can we do something on our Shabbos to help us become more focused on some subset of Shabbos law? Are we proficient in the various different elements? There's so many great texts out there in so many different languages that are catering to so many different age levels. There's something to be more proficient and invest in our Shabbos. That, that glow, maybe, maybe next time you pass that mirror, whoa, what am I seeing over there? And even if not, that internally you'll recognize I've done something to allow myself to have a greater Shabbos radiance. Let's take advantage of that. Shabbos, we got one every week. One-seventh of our week is Shabbos. Not even dealing with adding the holidays to the routine. So if Shabbos becomes a day in which we can be a little more focused on a little more spirituality, hey, we're doing that pretty often. That'll be something which boosts our spirituality, boosts our spiritual energy and radiance, and will make us the type of people who are far more likely to achieve our talents.